Well, gals, we're here. We're still queer, and we're still somehow, some way, covering RuPaul's Drag Race season 14, the true never-ending story. Now, y'all thought that season 13 had a lot of episodes, but we're already at 12 episodes in, and there are still seven queens left in this competition. So, and we started with 14. So, the math ain't mathin', honey. And speaking of going on for far too long, we just can't put the entire diatribe about this season uh, behind us, frankly. Um, Specifically, the last two episodes. um, We just Mm. can't fit it into our intro. Am I right, girl? That's true. And as much as I'd like to just say trash and then mic drop and walk away, Mm. you know that we have more bullshit to talk about. We do. Well... Welcome to Drag Namba, a podcast by drag queens for drag queens talking about all things drag artistry. And this episode, we're giving you continuing, and I mean, well, I do mean we are continuing <laughs> to cover the longest fucking season of RuPaul's Drag Race, <laughs> season 14. And we have yet another double feature since we couldn't be bothered to come up with more than 500 words to recap the lip sync Lala Perusa. Very, very true. Plus, I was on vacation, so oh. I was just like, I don't want to bring all my shit with me. Like, fuck that. Um, and honestly, I would say for the last episode, it was quite momentous. Like, for, or no, it was quite the accomplishment for it to be both momentous and forgettable. But, we will talk more shit about it right after the break. Why don't we get this puppy on the road? My name is Portia Control. And I'm Portia after a vacation, a.k.a. Portia Control. And this <laughs> is Drag Nabbit. Oh, there we go. She said, let me get the shade Look, honey, honey, hands and legs across America. Now, before we dive into last week's Rusical episode, I did want to take a few moments to cover the lip sync Lala Perusa extravaganza, eleganza that we were subjected to, I mean, <laughs> treated to the week prior. And so to give you all a recap, because it does feel like a lifetime ago, because the Snatch Game was so terrible, Rue, in her infinite wisdom, decided that Deja Sky was the winner of the challenge And the remaining seven contestants would comprise a bottom seven. Elimination would then be dependent upon having a deathmatch lip sync battle amongst the bottom seven with both the format of the episode and the consequences, i.e. how many chops were handed out, to be determined. Mm. The episode then plays out with a whole bunch of twists. There's a lottery ball system where the chosen contestants pick their opponent, but the opponent picks the song There was a three-way lip sync because they had odd numbers. And then the dancing diva, Jasmine Kennedy, somehow ends up being sent home. So my question for us to ponder, was this episode worth the price of admission? Hmm. You know, hmm. That's a good question, Portia. Um, (laughs) well, ha. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. Um, well, here's the no. thing. People <laughs> love lip syncs. And Rue does too. True. Like, honestly, that's some of the more memorable 
it's some of the it's honestly the most memorable portion of this show like when we reflect back on on this show like it's you know funny little side clips of mm-hmm. girls in confessionals with catchphrases uh usually hey. catchphrases that they do not come pre-prepared with but Correct. it's also the lip syncs because a lot of times mm-hmm. the pre-canned pre-written comedy stuff rarely gets rewatched that's true so you know i think that this sort of format and episode on paper 100 percent, like yeah this this should give us a lot of bang for our buck however watching through it i disagree with 80 percent of the decisions on this episode so for me i was a little Ooh. soured from it mm. yeah i'm kind of with you i think I think in theory it was good. I think in practice and just with the reality of where we were in the season, I think it just took a lot of the energy out of the room, especially considering that only one person went home. I think if they had eliminated at least two, that would have felt more critical and important. So the the twists were fun and funny or whatever. And the songs, some of them were good, although some of them were a little bit like, needle scratch but that always happens right there's always a lip sync song or two throughout the cycle that you're like "Mm, Hmm. what was that choice but yeah overall i'm like meh to the whole thing now portia i'm curious like do you think that rue made the right calls in the lip syncs and for the sake of time and because i honestly cannot be bothered with this episode um i'm gonna ask you a series of questions okay and i want you to answer truthfully and then I will answer truthfully. Mm. Okay. Daya versus Jasmine. Was that the right call? No. I agree. Not the right call. I don't think I don't think the thing Daya had was that she's tall and stood in front. Ooh. That's it. Well then. Already. Um lip sync number two. Willow versus Bosco. Was that the right call? Yes. I disagree. I do not think it was the right call. And I'll tell you why. Oh, you thought it was Miss Bosco. Okay. Um, I, too, know that song quite well. I am a big Luther fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not a personal go-to karaoke song because it's a little a little too mid-range for me. And I don't like a mid-tempo. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go enough places. Right. In terms of, especially with Luther's songbook, personally. However, mm-hmm. I know the song exceptionally well. Um and what I will say was that Bosco mm. embodied what that song felt, and she was giving me what Luther felt and serving mm. me that like rumbling sexual energy underneath his music. Right. Um, Willow was serving me um, camp trash. Oh, okay. That's what Great. I'll say about that. Um, All right. And the last lip sync of round one, Camden versus Georges versus Angeria. Do you think that Rue made the right call? No. I agree. Tell me why. It should have been Angeria. I think oh. Angeria embodied the song fully and gave me the fire, especially because she's someone that I don't think we've seen her lip sync. Or did no, she lip sync. No, that was, I think she it was for the one. win. That was her first lip sync. Okay, I was trying to remember if she had lip sync for the win, but no, we had we had two eliminations that were then retracted yes. in the first episode. So no, it wasn't retracted. that. 
Um, so one of whom is probably going to end up at the end. Um, but we'll talk about it at the end. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, Georges did good. I mean, I think all three of them did well, right? No one did poorly in that lip sync. I would have given it to Angeria because I think Georges, it felt very much in her wheelhouse and she did a good job. Like, I'm not going to take that away from her, but I would have given it to Angie. I could see Angie and I could have also saw Camden. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get into why I actually disagree with a lot of Georges's wins after the break. Okay. We'll, we'll actually deep dive Fair. a little bit into why we're we're going to call out this problem with her lip syncing ability that RuPaul doesn't seem to realize. Oh. I think one interesting thing about Injuria before we go on to round two, she when she performs, she performs, she performs for someone in the balcony in the back row, which I think is very yes, interesting. Honey. Um, she's yes. always looking up and out, and as you know, mm-hmm. the judges are technically if you're standing on the stage. And this, you know, a lot of people who are really clued into Drag Race will know this, but some people right. who are earlier watchers may not, um, or newer newer watchers, if you are standing on the stage, the judges are not right in front of you. They are to your right. Right. So technically, Angeria was staring off into nothingness and also staring at the ceiling. So very right. interesting there. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. Round two. Camden versus Bosco. Did Rue make the right call? Yes. I agree. Completely. Yeah, Camden ate fucking in vogue. Like, and I will say the one thing, we have to be very thankful to whoever is that camera operator that gave us that one shot. Oh, my. Like the two shots, like Bosco (gasps) in the background. And like, You've got Camden in the foreground, and she was just eating. And I was like, okay, that I see you, bitch. Fucking, I think that was the right call for That sure. was the Emmy right there. Right, that, that was literally shot. the Emmy. Um, I completely mm-hmm. agree. Uh, Angeria versus Jasmine. Ooh, that's a toughie, because I don't think Angeria deserved to be there anyway. But I do think Angie won that one for me. I also agree it was a tough one. I don't think that Angeria should have been there at all. But at the same time, I feel that Jasmine edged her out slightly, but I also believe that we, she did more sexiness. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I agree. And it was close. And I also think I'm also the kind of person where I do believe that we should take track records into account. Agree. So Jasmine tech lost for me. Correct. So. Okay, final round. Round Final three. round. Bosco versus Jasmine. Did Rue make the right call? I will say that this is the... This, for me, is right when Bosco's look and sort of very specific lane of drag that she does, which is valid. I'm not invalidating her drag. I'm just saying she's a very short range of what she does and it's become very apparent over the course of the season and especially in the last two episodes i think it's actually what served her really well and so in this particular song so it was a good matchup of her energy her look her song and the song coming together so i actually agree with the bosco win jasmine also like as soon as she said in her confessional 
that she was like going to try new things. And I was like, girl, get, just pack your bags because like, no, this is not the opportunity. Like you're staring, you know, elimination straight in the face. And you're like, oh, now's the time to do something different that I'm not known for with my drag, mm. which is be a little campy. I'm like, no, girl. I agree there. Um, and I also agree or I still stand by the fact that like Bosco, I do not think should have even lost round one. However, mm-hmm. um, Bosco did win round three. The floor work, you're right. The look, her style mm-hmm. of drag really suited this song. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do think that Bosco ended up here because for one, now that I'm really thinking about it, if they put Willow up against any of these other girls, Willow would be packing her bags. You're right. <sighs> yeah, because the girls that were left were all good lip syncers too. So yeah, there was definitely some luck, maybe some favoritism. Who knows? I mean, and then knowing what we know now, right? Like two weeks out from that episode, like if they had eliminated Bosco, it wouldn't have even mattered because Bosco had the gold bar. But we'll get into that after the break. But um, but with that, obviously we get through the lipstick extravaganza and we have to bid adieu and a fond farewell to our hometown dancing diva, the only New York girl and newly out trans goddess, Jasmine Kennedy. The workroom is certainly a lot quieter and a little bit more boring without you. Uh, and speaking of quiet, let's take a little break to collect ourselves and come back to gab all things Rusev. So, after the Lala Perusa episode, RuPaul enters the workroom and announces that we have arrived to the Rusical episode this season. Yay! Girls, this year it is sponsored by the Broadway musical Moulin Rouge. So, naturally, their parody is, shocker, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. <laughs> what did you think of the overall concept of the musical? I thought it was super fun. It's very interesting to me that they're just getting more and more partnerships and sponsorships. And so to get Moulin Rouge on Broadway and, and previously before that, I think the other it was the Rusical wasn't it, but they were sponsored by Frozen on Broadway. I think that was what right. season 12. That was British season. Yeah, they did a runway for it. And they did a runway for it. So it's interesting that they, you know, have now access to that sort of level of of partnership. I thought it was good. Like it was, um, you know, so much of, so much of the stuff that gets referenced on this show is like super dated. And then I had to also check and see when Moulin Rouge, the movie came out, which by the way, came out 21 years ago. So if you want to be old and watch that movie when you were in high school, like I did, um, it was a little bit of a gag. high school in 1994. Uh, Bitch. The movie came out in 2001. Thank you. Oh, okay. I don't do math. <laughs> so anyway, um, but the 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 stage version musical of Moulin Rouge uh, is also relatively new in the grand scheme of things. They've had mm. you know a long break because of COVID, but I thought it was great. I think it lends itself really well to drag. You have all kinds of fun sort of performers. It's the burlesque a- element, um, and it gets referenced a lot. I think in queer culture, even today. So even if you didn't watch the movie because you're too young and, you know, don't want to watch it for some reason because you're boring, 
um, I thought it was really fun. So I really, really enjoyed it. And I really liked the way that they incorporated the music and the RuPaul lyrics. Like I thought a lot of it was really good. What did you think about the concept? Yeah. Conceptual, conceptually speaking, um, you're right. Like this lends itself towards drag. And in addition to that, um, the original Moulin Rouge was a jukebox musical Correct. of many different kinds of many different songs. Yep. Uh, so this kind of was perfect for it yeah. in a way. Yeah. And I think that um, when I think about Moulin Rouge as well, like I think about and ironically, the song is not in <laughs> it's not in the the movie version is the the Lady Marmalade with Pink, Lil' Kim, mm-hmm. Missy Elliott. Maya and Christina Aguilera. Like I think about that a lot too, right? That that very fun moment. And remember Christina with that giant. The fact that blonde... you said Missy Elliott before Maya because you couldn't remember she was in there. Look, I named everybody and I can name them in whatever order I want. As a Christian, <laughs> as a woman, as a historian, as all of you the said, things. You said you said misdemeanor. Before Maya. Melissa, the misdemeanor Elliot. Look, I'm just... Interesting. (laughs) Girl, get out of here. Anyway, I just... It brought me all back. I had a good time. But speaking of a less good time, so before they can get into the rehearsals, the queens are informed that they must select their own parts. And before they even get to sit down, I know that this is about to be messy, messy, Boots. Now, on this program, we have talked about our strategies for choosing parts and like how we would go about it. But what about this musical is particularly important to think about when you're selecting a role? Mm. Well, what's important? Wow. What's important about selecting mm-hmm. your role? Well, I mean, you want to pick something that you think that you can excel in. Right. Um, and I think that's. The, uh, that's the most important part. Like when you're when you're listening through these, you you want to pick something you can envision yourself in, mm-hmm. but also something that you think you can add to that character. Right. Like what else can you really can you really make it? Can you really like add to the sauce? Yeah. Because I think one of the issues that we're seeing is that so many of these girls and what pisses me off is that they think that I need to have this role because the judges said I wasn't I'm I'm in my shell and I was quiet and I need this role to do it and it's like there are seven roles Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they all have a moment right there are no small parts only small actors at this point, like we know early on for a lot of these acting challenges, there are roles that are written to just sort of like be there. Mm-hmm. And unless you are a comedic genius, you really, you probably won't add anything to the role. So you'll probably just fade away. Right. But at this point with seven roles, every single role has an opportunity to win. Mm. Except for the Maya role. Girl. I mean, Period. I'm with you. I think that that's absolutely super valid. I also would look at like who is being featured in what scenes and mm-hmm. 
it's like a lot of times these like group ones. So I kind of knew that like the quartet of like charisma, uniqueness, urban talent, like I felt like it was going to not, unless you did something that was huge in that role, like that never felt like it was going to be a role where you were going to have like a featured, you know, big moment. Like, yeah, it was really the, the only one that could have won from that was Deja's, which now that, you know, in hindsight, the Missy Elliott, um, I, and uh, looking at how they how they acted during that whole like how they wanted to how they wanted to pick their roles, it just was like gross to me. Like mm-hmm. one, calm down. Right. Two, it's not that fucking serious. Like I and I don't like the way that they were like, I need this role. Period point blank i will accept nothing else this is the one i'm taking and i'm putting my foot down and it's like okay so in the real world when you're doing a group exercise or a group performance Mm -hmm. why don't you come with your this is my first pick and this is my second pick these are the two that i'm looking at right like this is my first pick and here's why like you know i got no there was no justification in most cases is like why I wanted this role. Just like, I want this role. Like, and I, I don't, yeah, because I, this is the role that's going to help me win. Okay. Okay. Work. Sure. It didn't in the end. Anyway. So, well, after some tension and, clearly ugliness uh, between Lady Camden and Bosco in particular, the parts are assigned and the girls get working on their choreo. Leslie Jordan, mm-hmm. which gagged, uh, right. is there for some unknown reason. But honestly, I think we need to start a petition to get Miss Baby Wipes on season 15 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Bitch, that would be everything. Could you imagine if Leslie Jordan were on that show? Like, She should be the judge. <laughs> um... So as we see footage of the rehearsal starting to take shape, who is standing out for good or bad reasons? Yeah. And, you know, the thing about the rehearsal editing is it's always like so shady. But I mean, obviously, Lady Camden is like, I'm going to do this. She's a dancer. Like, so she was owning it. Right. We knew she was going to eat that part up. They show Bosco not being super exciting or connecting with her stuff. So I was like, okay, there's, I'll put a pin in her for that. Um, And then I was also worried about Angeria because Angeria has said very out loud, like movement and choreo is like not her thing. And she doesn't necessarily have the best rhythm. And, you know, you could tell I did enjoy, and (laughs) I actually use this a lot too. Um, coming up with names for moves to remember what they are and how they feel in your body. (laughs) Um, So, uh, which was like the tip that they got from the choreographer. And so um, I think that maybe helped her out a little bit, you know, it's like the shake it out and smell the rice or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I think those three stood out to me and I was like, "Mm, this could be a problem. What about you? Well, it's interesting because, um, I didn't watch the rehearsal and I just scrubbed through it. Oh. Um, I, I've i developed a seafood allergy, so I don't eat red herring. Oh, sorry about it. She only runs it on DVD, honey. Hmm. 
Well, none of what we think about what happens really matters because... Like I said, red herrings. It's a red herring, honey. So, But you know what? It is stretch, kick, curtain up, don't pop the head. It's showtime, folks. Bye. Delete that. Delete Thank that you. from the iTunes. <laughs> Thank you. This is my best, Alexis Michelle. Uh, Moulin Brew, the musical, it starts up, and I found it surprisingly good overall. I mean... Yes, there were a few performances that I don't think were particularly amazing, but I wouldn't say that anybody straight out bombed. Um, And the songs for me felt like a good mix between some original music that felt very in the style of the whole storyline for Moulin Rouge Mm. and the the lyrics with, you know, RuPaul's songs woven in. Um, in thinking back now with some distance on it, like, would you say that there was anyone who was particularly lackluster that didn't receive the right level of critique for this episode? The right level of critique. I mean, obviously, Angeria's role, in my opinion, Angeria's role could have been the the baby voice that we heard mm-hmm. had this very, like, 20s sort of like right almost harley quinn moment mm-hmm. and i felt like she she actually ne- didn't act it at all right about oh like this girl's a gold digger and she's like she has this like aesthetic she didn't act that at all so we didn't get it um deja as well the issue was she faded into the background i didn't even notice she was there at all Until except she for her rap which was great. Right. Um, she didn't steal the show anywhere else, which is what she needed to do. Um, and then, in my opinion, the worst one was Georges. Mm-hmm. Hands down. And it's... Be- I... Okay. As a sinker, okay? okay? And as you know, because I am half Catholic and half Baptist, mm. as a Beltris. As a noted Beltris. It pisses me off when I watch drag queens lip sync a song where the diva is belting at the top of her lungs Mm -hmm. and she is sitting there giving me, to put it in a perspective, Georges was giving me Christina Aguilera vocals with Maya's face. Oh, okay. I see that. Livid. I was livid. Like, especially during the one fucking high note. And do you know what she was doing during the high note at the end? She was just walking away with her face away from the crowd, away from the audience. Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, there was definitely a bit of like connection to the song and to the musical that she just wasn't there. Now, she also admitted earlier in the episode that she is not a musical theater person, which, you know, you don't have to be, right? Um, I do think that that probably also got in her way of being able to really interpret because what people don't realize is that musical theater, while it's closely related to a lot of the stuff that drag queens do, is not exactly the same. And it does require a certain bit of intentionality and putting like the emotion behind and really having that connection to the music and the lyrics and the dance and the audience. Like it's it's hard. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I hear that. Like, I also think <laughs> and this was interesting to me, like. She was in that gold outfit and then she wore that blonde hair. So she was just like this yellowish column of nothing. Like she needed something to break it up. 
she was giving me Beyonce in the baby boy baby boy music video when mm-hmm. Beyonce wore that tan outfit yes. on the tan fur background. Yeah. So it's like that of course like you're going to get a little lost. You're like in this pale color when everyone else is in these like dynamic shades and yeah. she just doesn't really she didn't really stand out that much. I was also interesting to me um that this rusical did not have any of their actual recorded vocals like these were all pre-recorded vocals mixed in a studio by session singers of some type um where we haven't actually had that i think in a while like the last couple of of musicals it's been actual either live singing which was i think maybe one or two of them and then the other ones have all been recorded singing um to my knowledge they had um I think that that's why they brought, or that's whenever they do Leland's stuff, mm-hmm. because Leland also did Kardashian the Rusical, mm-hmm. um, and you'll notice that the session musicians, that vocalists that he used for this, were the same session vocalists that he used for the Kardashian Rusical, Ooh. like that, like the same like girl right. who does like the. Like the super low larynx yeah. voice and the super high like oh Lindsay Lohan's voice mm-hmm. from Kardashian the Rusical is the same voice for um uh one uh, one of the charisma uniqueness serve and talent girls oh my god see we're drawing yeah. the connections honey we've got our conspiracy theories the red honey. lines are connecting girl but yeah I I also thought that was a very yeah. very interesting choice. Well, speaking of interesting, uh, I think it's time that we have a quick discussion oh. of the runway this week, oh, baby. this evening, because, girl, it mm, it seemed to carry quite a bit of weight on this evening's evaluations, mm-hmm. um, which, what the hell was going on up on this fucking category? <clears throat> it was called Mirror, Mirror, and we saw exactly one mirror. Yep. And that was in Deja's hand as an accessory. Uh, and we only saw the back of it. Right. Unclear if it was actually even a reflective surface. Yeah. Um, this is one where I would, I think we've talked about this before, where the runway category sort of informs a lot of what happens and then how it's, you know, this happened for the Holy Couture one. I would love to know what their what their theme was on their packing list because... It did not, while there was plenty of reflective stuff, more or less, I didn't get mirrors. Um, And I did get, however, a lot of like space related or like sky related stuff. So I wonder if it was something like that, like intergalactic or I don't know, like, because we got reflective and iridescent materials versus like actual mirrors. Also, what a great opportunity would have been to take it even further and have like a very, like you could have had a couple of references maybe to like Snow White and the Evil Witch. I know you can't actually do that because they're copyrighted characters, but like references, you know? Um, And you also could have done, you know, if it's mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? You could have been like a Narcissus fantasy, right? And like Narcissus was in love with his own reflection. So... I don't know. There could have been, there could have been other like deeper cuts that would have made it a little closer. But yeah, that it wasn't. Been, 
That would have been lovely, um, but you're actually thinking about the category. Right, that uh, was, we were told. And also uh, that we were told. The audience was and told. That we were told. And I'll bet you that, well, actually, um, in, what is her name? Who's the girl that went home second this year? Alexis? Yeah. No. What's her last name? No, Alyssa Hunter. Alyssa, Alyssa Hunter. She said the other Puerto wow, Rican girl, Alexis, impact. got it. <laughs> um, Alyssa Hunter posted her shot, and it actually was like a mirror, mm-hmm. like uh, um, a frame, and then she was a reflection. So, so it was kind of like the Evil Queen moment mm-hmm. from the Snow White and the Huntsman. So it was all gold. Got it. That was interesting. And I looked at some of the other eliminated girls, and here's where here's where I'm putting on my tinfoil lace friend. Maddie's and June's both had me- like uh, individual mirrors on theirs okay. sewn in. So I'm very curious. Right. What the fuck was, what was going on here that yeah. the girls left all s- decided that they weren't going to do mirrors and instead just chose shimmer fabric? Yeah. And you could have even done like a disco ball, like a mirror ball. You know, there's so many good mirror things. Yeah. I mean, Lady Cam, so let's just very quickly go down the list. So Lady Camden came out with this little, she said it was a little prince inspired. I actually saw that. Like, and I, mm-hmm. I agree with the judges and that the top half was the most successful part of her outfit. The bottom was kind of like, whatever. They just felt like leggings. Um, but I liked it. And I like that she changed up her makeup, which I think, you know, also goes a long way. Willow came out, and I love Willow to bits, but it was not the category. It was a weird 4th of July look that just happened to be metallic. Didn't look great. Didn't love some of the styling choices there either. Bosco. Girl, okay. They should have sent Bosco home immediately when she walked onto the stage for the fourth time. With a corselet, bra, and panty. It pisses me off because someone was like, I remember reading somewhere that someone was like, Mm -hmm. We need to cut Bosco slack because she is working as, you know, she's working at a coffee shop as a barista during the pandemic. And like, she's doing the best she can with like the resources, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. One, we know that Bosco is already buying corsets from House of Canny in Atlanta, which is also Violet Tchotchke's preferred corset maker. Mm -hmm. So we already know that those corsets are not not cheap. Cheap. Okay, first of all, point blank, period. Second of all, second of all, when you buy the fabric, she's not buying the ends of the bolt, mama. Right. She's still buying fabric. It's just that she's intentionally picking bra, panty, corset, because it's her style. Right. But here's the thing. You have to be smart and switch it up. Obviously, of the 80 fucking outfits they made them bring, it just so happened that the last five weeks, we have seen the same thing. And it's regrettable because this look, I actually really enjoyed it in the sense of like, she referenced Soriyama, which is like a Japanese fetish artist who paints like all of like these hot, from the 80s, and he would airbrush these hot, sexy robot girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a signed print by Soriyama. Oh. Um, she's an art collector. She's a, honey. She's a patron of the arts. Uh. Um, so, you know, whatever. But when I'm looking at it and I'm her, like, Bosco, if you knew that this is the, again, the same thing. Why wouldn't you take take it a step further? Like, paint your body silver. Do something else. Give us something more. Because at this point, 
because of everyone saying, well, she can't afford this because she's just, she's working in a coffee shop at a barista. Well, honey, Bosco, I used to really like you, but at this point, I've switched baristas. Oh. Love that. Um, next up on our list was Miss Daya, who had this like kiss-inspired mo- moment. It was fun. It was reflective, at least, and shiny. It was reflective. She looked good. I didn't love the little capelet. She, I could have lived without that. And then she took it off at the end. I was like, oh, that looks much better. Uh, Georges came out in this Cardi B recreation, which no. I appreciate a recreation, but I don't know. She it, wasn't wearing panties. Where is her nude panty? Uh, we just we just saw her tights underneath, <laughs> giving us full full doll crotch. Full How dare Barbie you? Again, How dare you? No panties. How no dare you? panties. It was fine. It was just good. Deja, baby. Why? I. You know what? I. I don't trust Deja Sky. I like her, but I don't trust her. And I'll tell you why. Deja Sky walked in there and said, I am a seamstress and I am a choreographer. And she has done neither of those things successfully. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So I'm being lied to. I'm being gaslit. Okay. Right. I mean, the body, I mean, her body and her shape. Gorgeous. Yep. I would say like probably the best body work she's had all season. Yes. With the nude illusion. Because I think she, I, did she wear a breast form this week? Maybe. Yes. That may she had why. to. She had to. Um, but then it was just this weird sort of iridescent body cage that didn't also like. I felt like it did. It yeah. It just didn't go far enough. Like it just didn't. Yeah. It get, didn't give me enough. And then that, and then that convention. mirror. She loves. She loves an on the runway accessory moment. Um, I don't know why. Ah, girl, I can't. And then lastly, Miss Angeria, which I think, I think she had a good look. I don't think she had a great look. Some people are like falling over themselves, loving it. I liked bits of it. The nude illusion for me was the part that got weird. And I don't know what it was like it looked, and I don't know if it's just a trick of the light or whatever with that mesh, but it, it made like this weird it made parts of her body look really weird. Like yeah. it distorted. Yeah. The, um, it was, I think it was a mesh over top of a nude, like a nude backing or mm-hmm. a nude bodysuit or like a nude dress. And then over top of it was for some reason a mesh and the mesh that fine when cameras catch it. So she probably never even saw it right. under normal lights, but when cameras look at it, a lot of times when cameras look at really tight patterns or like tight stripes, polka dots, um, and in this case, meshes, they'll create um, artifacting or vibrations mm-hmm. that really just look fucked up on camera. Yeah. This was one of those cases. She couldn't have known this, right. but it just did. It created weird spaces. What well, the thing I didn't like was I thought it could have been cool because she they were reflective. I didn't like the headpiece because the headpiece was just a square. Like it wasn't artfully, like there was no flow to it. It was just a block. Yeah. Miss me with that. Mm. No. So we had a runway rundown. Now, before naming the bottom two, Rue asked the shadiest question of all time, which is, 
who should go home tonight and why. And in a very interesting parallel from the beginning of the episode where we did some voting, there was some voting at the end of the episode that also favored Bosco because everybody on that stage said Miss Bosco needs to go home based on her performance and alluding to or not alluding to referencing the fact that she was kind of ugly about approaching the role and about her needing it and steamrolling others to get it. Um, And then, of course, Bosco herself says Georgia. She's not going to eliminate herself, which is good. Um, and brings up the track record of Georgia's being on the bottom several times, which I think is fair. However, Georgia's manages to clap back with, well, Bosco was in the bottom three times last episode, if you want to talk about track record. So I would like to know, where were you when Georgia's taught us how to clear a bitch? <laughs> the fact that Georgia said that and Michelle's jaw just hit the floor. She was fully gagged. Like, that's when, that's when RuPaul decided, you know what? I'm going to save Georgia again this week. <laughs> that's when <laughs> I'm gonna she do knew. It again. That's what and she guess knew. what? I'll guess do it again what, the week what, after, Guess what, Mimi? Too. We did. We did. <laughs> Girl. Oh, I can't. Yeah, it was so good. It was, it was, it was just wild. It was just wild. And... Uh, I agree with Bosco, though. Georgia should go home. Georgia's um, is very past her sell-by date, and I think everybody knows it. But Except for RuPaul. Except for but RuPaul. Probably because RuPaul is looking for, you know, a, a new host body to <laughs> <laughs> transplant her brain into. Eat her, her um, essence, yeah. Yeah, consume her essence. And look even younger, because I'm sorry... But you know who was the top toot of this week? It was RuPaul. It was RuPaul, RuPaul Andre Charles, who came out good. in her in her Mama Ru uh, photo shoot album. I love Girl. that she will come to the stage in full getup and then take photos and use them for promos in her album. And you know exactly what time of day it is. You're like, okay, bitch. I love she's it. She's like, I want it all done. She's today. like, let's she's do like, it all. That's how let's get it all done. Like, yeah. She's like, I'm not wasting. She's a businesswoman. She's maximizing her time i love that you know what she doesn't have time for spending it on these dumbass hoes correct she was like i'm gonna actually spend it on time that's gonna make me more money correct um anyway so all that to say georges and bosco end up as the bottom two and they lip sync to the iconic whitney song Mm -hmm. heartbreak hotel it now here's the thing portia seems to think that this could have been anyone's win. I thought and so. And I sorely disagree. Okay, bring it on down. Um, Georges manages to survive the lip sync and send Bosco home. But in my opinion, as a Christian, mm. Bosco was giving me the lead singer. Mm. Georges was giving me the backup dancer. Mm-hmm. Because Bosco was giving me the lead vocals. You're right. And Georgia's looks looked like she had just got her face pumped and couldn't give me any emotion oh. in the face. And it was just lip syncing to the background vocals. So that's what I'll say about that. Okay. Hmm. But guess what, gal? It didn't fucking matter. Nope. Because it wasn't chocolate. <laughs> Bosco opens up her candy bar to find that 
She was the keeper of the golden bar the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. The whole time. We wasted so much airtime when she just had the fucking bar. Right. And once again, we stay at Seven Queens for another week. Oh, baby, baby. I feel so many different ways about this. Um, But I will say that the overarching feeling is one of relief. Now that Bosco has been saved... Mm-hmm. We're no longer have the specter of the golden chocolate bar sort of hanging over our heads. <laughs> and we can get into the real business of eliminating bitches because it is 12 episodes and we still have seven girls and we started with 14. <laughs> so, like, it, it's time. I mean, otherwise, if we end next episode or whatever, and then the one after that is the finale, then we're talking about going into as many as six girls. Uh, or five girls into the thing. And that's like, I mean, even four is a lot. Remember when it was just three? <laughs> God, I miss just three. I miss just three. And then they, they would like just eliminate one girl after the runway. Right, right. Or just... like, or like the, where it was top three and like you had a winner. And then between everyone else, we kind of all decided who was the second place and who was the third. Like, because. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. When it was like, oh, well, that's clearly Alaska second and Roxy's clearly <laughs> third. Yeah. Very that energy. Correct. Correct. The good old days. Or when it would be like, sorry, Alexis. Sorry, Jujube. You don't get to lip sync for the crown. Right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. So yes, we need to get to elimination. And speaking of eliminations, my coffee has just kicked in really good. So I need to take a quick break and do some of my own eliminating. And then we'll talk about predictions for our winner. Now that I've fully evacuated our contestants, let's talk about our contestants. Next week, they will be roasting none other than Ross Matthews. Now, given our cast's, let's say, tentative relationship with comedy, who do we think is going to do well and who is not going to do so well? Well, um, given their ability for comedy, I mean, Bosco and Willow could Mm. be really good at this because they are good at more scripted comedy. Um, And clearly Bosco might do well because the teaser showed her doing poorly. Ooh. Um, and the editing gods are shady as fuck at World of Wonder. Right. They love a reversal. So that's who I think. Um, and also Angeria could do well. Yeah. I think Angeria is the kind of person who would stumble into it. Um, but yeah. yes. She's good at everything, though. She is. She's super fun. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm with you on those. Uh, we'll see what happens with Miss Camden. Um, and then because I feel like, you know, she's really energized now by her win. And... For me, I think she's kind of peaking just at the right time in this competition. I don't know if she'll win the comedy challenge, but I, you know, I'll be curious to see how she performs. I don't see a world in which Georges does well next week. I think it's pretty much her week to go. But right. I think that the the only jokes Georges is going to land um, are going to be um, it's just going to be herself. Mm. Nice. Um. Even though they don't seem to admittedly want to eliminate girls, however, with the chocolate bar out of the way, I suspect we're going to start seeing some blood on this catwalk. Mm -hmm. So hopefully a few girls at a time, (laughs) because I don't want to end up at a six-person finale. Correct. What I will say about, like, people talking about, like, oh, my God, the season's dragging on. 
Um, you know, why do they keep doing this, et cetera, et cetera. Let's follow the money. Okay. RuPaul is not the one saying, oh, we're just going to add a a production, writers, crew, hotel, everything. We're just going to add another episode here. RuPaul doesn't do that. Mm Mm-hmm. VH1 yes. sold X number of episodes. Right. And they don't care how you get there as long as you get there. So <laughs> blame them. Call Viacom. You know who but, the real villain is? Capitalism. Mm, and Taylor Loft. Wait, I don't know why <laughs> I said that. Anyway, 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 anyway. Back on topic. Gal, honestly, mm-hmm. if you had to pick right now, who is your winner? Yeah. For season 14. Oof. Only pick one. I know. I know. This is really tough. I mean, I think so. Here's where my head is at. I think based on where her energy is at coming into this and assuming she doesn't completely bungle it up, I think it's Lady Camden. The winner of season 14. I think so. Is Lady Camden. I th- I, I'm surprised to say it, but I, that's where my head is at right now. Of RuPaul's Drag Race America. I'm just, that was racist. <laughs> huh. Interesting. That's, I think um, it's Lady Camden. I think she's riding this fucking upward trajectory. People love her. And she her. hasn't had uh, a terrible showing beforehand. She was only in the bottom one other time when everyone was in the bottom except for her. And we can argue that she didn't need to be there. People really do love her. Um, My winner that I think now... Since cornbread is no longer on the table, mm-hmm. which she could be at this point, they could bring her back. Bring her uh, back. She could be healed. It's been two months. True. Um, Willow pill. Yeah. Willow is like a very, I, it goes between the two of them in my head, but I picked Lady Camden just because of where we're at. I love Willow. And maybe she's going to, if she wins next episode and has like that energy, because she only has one win right now. Um, right, but she she does really well on the show, and Rue loves her. Like Rue has a love in her heart for her too. It's different than the love that she has for Georges, but yeah, we'll see. What we well, do right now- because Rue wants to suck the essence out of Georges, <laughs> correct? But with <laughs> Willow, she just wants body. to hang out with her. She just wants to chill with her and call her Willow Pill all the days. Willow. Oh God. Well, all will be revealed, and as we keep watching the drama unfold on this season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Drag Race? Huh. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Drag Race. But for now, it's time to sign off and get back to our day jobs, because we are about to be on the clock. So until next week, I'm Portia. And I'm Syzygy, and this was Drag Nabbit. Drag Nabbit.